720 WGN. It's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. Thanks for being with us tonight. As ever, we pick one big topic and start unpacking many, many different facets of it and see where we land by night's end. And tonight, that topic is tattoos and body art, and it is a really fascinating topic. We have John Hudson in studio with us. He is an HR and workplace expert, and we opened the show talking with him a bit about how some attitudes are shifting around tattoos. And so when we think about tattoos, we think of it as a very modern issue, very something that's... um, I don't want to say a first world problem, but certainly something that we we just wrestle with in our modern lives. But in fact, that could not be further from the truth. In fact, tattoos have been around for thousands of years and have many different meanings all around the world. We are joined now by phone by Dr. Kristen Krieger. She is an anthropologist at Loyola University, Chicago, and she specializes in biological anthropology, and she does many, many fascinating things. I encourage you all to connect with her on social media because she has recently been live tweeting days of science and going about her day. That's really, really excellent. (laughs) Welcome to the program. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi. Thanks for being with us tonight. It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So when we think about tattoos around the world in many different cultures, we have to start at the beginning. And um, there there are so many. I mean, it's fascinating. You start reading about, you know, Maori culture and as a, as a beauty standard to tattoo the face. And we think about some religious rites of passage in, in Asian countries. And, and it gets very interesting. But what is what is some of the earliest um, examples of where we saw tattoos um, in in the in the picture with with early humans? Yeah, sure. So the earliest evidence of tattooing we have on mummified remains from the Alps. And specifically, there is an individual that's about 5,300 years old. They call him Otzi, uh, Otzi the Iceman. And Otzi had 61 tattoos. So So those 61... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that's quite a few. What did he have? What were they? Yeah, so interestingly enough, the vast majority of the 61 tattoos were parallel lines that were longitudinal to the body. There were two specific places where they were lines that were perpendicular to each other. So they were essentially crosses or X's. It depends on on how you want to orient it on the body. And what's interesting about these 61 tattoos is where they're placed on the body. They're not necessarily places that you would see. So if you saw Otzi just, you know, hanging out in the upper Paleolithic, you wouldn't necessarily see them. So it wasn't necessarily something for other people to see or other people to recognize or something that would be associated with society or culture. But they are located in places of where Otzi had some 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 joint diseases. So he had a lot of medical issues. But one of the things he had was degenerative joint disease. And where we find these tattoos are places where he, we see uh, evidence of those joint diseases. So the idea is that it was for therapy. It was a therapeutic purpose. Oh, 
That's a very interesting one we hadn't considered. We were before we we got you on the phone. We were talking a bit about uh, tattoos in, in modern times and the various reasons people get them. But that is one we had not considered. I mean, I almost equate that as like, uh, um, well, what what would a modern equivalent be of a of a medical purpose tattoo? I mean, I almost think maybe acupuncture would be the closest I could think. Of. That's exactly what people have proposed. Is that perhaps this is an early? Oh, we lost her. We're gonna we're gonna get her on the phone. Esteemed producer Lee Graham is gonna work on that and get her back here in a second. We lost her. Well, modern modern cell times things, um, but w- w- until we get her back, there's re- already an interesting moment there. I mean, because that is another tattoo area, John, that we had not considered, and that is, um, I have seen people with uh, with some medical tattoos before mm-hmm. instead of like a medical alert bracelet of having like, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody that said like it had a uh, insulin kind mm-hmm. of notice on their like yeah. on their wrist. I saw, um, I saw a photo of someone who had a tattoo on his chest that that was indicating that he was HIV positive. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that kind of thing, which is sort of another interesting thing. I think we have Dr. Krieger back on the phone now. Did we find you? Yes, I'm back. There you go. I'm back. All right, good. All right, good, good. Um, so, so I, I think that's very interesting that we were we were thinking about this, maybe like a, a drawing a parallel with with acupuncture. Yeah, so there has been some research done examining tattooing acupuncture points and the therapeutic effects of that. And there was a new study that was just published last February by a a team of scientists that examined Oatsy's body with various photographic methods so that they were able to, to really see all the tattoo markings on his skin. And they they found one brand new tattoo, but it wasn't associated with a joint. And it was the only um, set of tattoos that weren't associated with a joint when it was found on his right chest. And it was his lower chest. And so some people think that perhaps it was still a therapeutic effect for something like a chest infection. He also had some parasitic infection. So perhaps it was something for, for whipworm or roundworm or some sort of um, parasite that he might have been carrying around. So there is some strong evidence that these early tattoos had a therapeutic purpose instead of a social one. That's very interesting. Where do we start seeing more social or rite of passage kind of tattoos starting to show up? Yeah, so it doesn't take too long. We start to see some earlier forms of um, kind of the, the social relationship. about 500 years later. So right around 4,800 years ago, 4,500 years ago, we start seeing things that are more associated with um, kind of that, that, that self, that individual person that is trying to negotiate a relationship with the society that's around them. So we start seeing it in the Andean mountains. We see things, symbolic things that we also find on their pottery, that we also find on pieces of art. So we're seeing um, commonalities in the, in the symbolism between the tattoos and the material culture. Interesting. So it almost takes on like a protective amulet kind of quality to it. Absolutely. Exactly right. And, you know, we can, we can talk about the various reasons why people tattoo, whether it's rite of passage, whether it's some form of protection, whether it's, as in OT's case, some sort of, of therapy. Um, very seldom, just like with cave art, very seldom do people ever say, oh, hey, we're just doodling, right? right? So 
So, so we can we can try to associate meaning to it, but it's very difficult. You know, being in the 21st century, it's very difficult to assign meaning in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I think too about some some religious specific things like the the Sakyant uh, tattoos that are in Thailand that are supposed to be incredibly painful with done with tiny little wooden sticks poking you over and over and that sounds very I know someone who has done this and said it was extremely extremely uncomfortable. Uh, in fact, he said I almost passed out. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. And this is someone who has lots of tattoos, but it was about he kind of described. Um, that that you spend time with like a, a clergy person and they sort of work up this protective amulet and it's something that's kind of gone on for, for years and years. And I think that kind of part is very interesting because to me that seems the modern parallels become very apparent then with the, the reasons we tattoo and what we tattoo, whether it's a memorial thing or an object we hold very dear or a flower, or, you know, something like that. Then that, that starts to, to look more like modern use of tattoo. Absolutely. And in fact, you touched on a really important aspect of the the societal or the cultural aspect of tattooing is that there's two levels. There's the actual process of tattooing, which can have ritual or symbolic um, social status connected to it. And then there's the actual tattoo itself. So there's there's those two important levels to it, to the process. Right. And I, I start to think, uh, you know, as I said, we started the show by talking about this in a workplace setting. And we have our our HR expert here with us in studio tonight. And, and I'm looking for these modern parallels. And so I, the rite of passage part where we think of like um, warriors and things like that going and earning a tattoo and or, like I think literally earning a stripe. Um, I, I, I immediately think about what, what John said to us about the military. 36% of military personnel have tattoos. And I think that's an interesting parallel because it starts to look at that uh, kind of it's it, it, then it is like an earned a rite of passage. I did this. I had the you know, especially where it's a military based kind of tattoo. Oh, absolutely. And it, it reflects identity. I mean, when you think about tattoos, it, it has that it, it shows identity. It helps to reinforce. It helps to construct the identity of the individual to the society or the particular group or even to the universe at times. Yeah. And what what do you find in your work as an anthropologist? What, um, you know, I'm sure there's so many kind of popular narratives that make you cringe around the work that you do. But, but where, when it comes to body art, what, what are those that immediately, you know, you believe people probably have a little bit wrong? Well, I think um, probably, as I alluded to before, is that people assume with body art or with body modification or even with cave art, that this is something that always has to have some sort of symbolic or religious meaning. And we see this even today in tattooing and and the practice of tattooing and having tattoos and getting tattoos obviously is much more socially acceptable in the 20th century, 21st century. But even in the past, it's really difficult to ascribe specific reasons for why people chose to get a tattoo or why they chose to do the things that they did. And, and so I always, get, I always get a little nudgy when, when people start assigning meaning mm. to things that happened 5,000 years ago. We, we don't have that present worldview. We don't have that cultural worldview. So it's very difficult when people start assigning meaning to things 
when we don't know what that meaning really was. And, and that's the important aspect of the anthropology is that we try to examine cultures in their own right and, and in their own worldview, not within our own worldview, which, of course, is difficult, right? Yeah. But, um, but that's something that anthropology really strives to do. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. I think we could take that lesson to probably a lot of things <laughs> beyond tattoos. <laughs> yeah. To a lot of, a lot of... I tell my students, I say, okay, you're in 101, and this is a core class, and you have to take it, but how many of you are going to work with humans? And of course, they all raise their hand, so I want them to appreciate how relevant anthropology can be to whatever it is they're studying or want to do with their careers. That's a very good point. That's an excellent point. Well, so I'm very interested in in something you mentioned, to rewind for a second, about the two parts of tattooing, the tattoo itself and the process of tattooing. And so when we think about our our Iceman, Otzi the Iceman, which, what does Otzi mean, by the way? Uh, Otzi is, it's for the Otsal Mountains, the Otsal Alps. It's the very specific area in the Alps that he was found. Okay. It's a cute little name, Otzi. I like it. (laughs) So when we think about Otzi the the Iceman and and these other, you know, ancient peoples that, that had some kind of body art, how was that accomplished at that time? Oh, great question. So if any of you are squeamish, you may want to plug your ears. So essentially what they did, and we don't have implements from the time of Otzi, but judging from the skin that we have preserved, we can tell that there was an incision made in the upper layer of the epidermis and the Mm. upper layer of the skin. There was an incision, and some of these are, I mean, they vary in lengths, but they're anywhere from 7 to 40 millimeters. Wow. So they can be quite long. And they would make an incision in the upper layer and rub charcoal dust in the incisions. Oh, so then it's healing back around the, around the pigment of that. Exactly. So sometimes, you know, later on it was ink, but the early days it was charcoal dust that was primarily used. So I want to let you know that as you were describing that, I was cringing, everybody in the studio was cringing, and also people on Michigan Avenue listening were going, oh, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What are they talking about? But tattooing had to start somewhere, and that's how it was accomplished. It had to start somewhere, yeah. It makes you very appreciative for the modern tattooing. Right, right. And a little bit later, um, after 8.30, we're going to be talking with a, a tattoo artist who's been tattooing for 25 years, and he's going to talk a little bit about how uh, it used to be kind of like, you know, bikers and sailors, and now it's a much different clientele. So we'll be we'll be looking at this in, in other ways, too. Well, this is all so fascinating. And where where do we often forget about when we think about tattoos around the world? I mean, I think immediately as I was doing research for tonight, I went to, like, the Maori culture with the facial tattoos mm-hmm. and I thought about some of the kind of those full body traditional Japanese tattooing, but where do we see it maybe that we don't remember as often or we don't think about as much, or maybe there's a different form of permanent body art that we saw? Um, Well, we see tattooing on every continent except Antarctica, which is fascinating because it seems to have independently developed throughout the world. So this isn't something that necessarily spread from one area to another. Mm. So obviously this is a very important aspect of what it means to be human is, is having that symbolism and having that body art or having that modification. Um, but one of the things that, that we don't often think about is 
the many different ways that tattoos were applied to the body. So the different instruments or perhaps the, the different types of of ink or pigment that was used, whether it be permanent or temporary, because sometimes you have, you know, things like ochre that may have been used for temporary tattoos. Or like henna. Akin to like henna. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so we, we don't tend to think about if, if this developed in so many different areas of the world, there's all of these different types, there's all of this variation in the ways that it was done and the types that, that of, of instruments that may have been used. And when you have things like colonization, or when you have early missionaries, or you have acculturization, it signaled an end to those traditional practices. And so what you're starting to see is going back to the tradition, right? You talked about you know, those traditional Thai tattoos, or the Maori tattoos. There really is this resurgence that has to do with colonization and that has to do with a pushback against that colonization of those traditional practices coming back. And I think that's really important. Mm, That is a very good point. That's very, very interesting to think about that. And so what do you make of that? I'm sure you see that a lot in, in your work as an anthropologist when things emerge independently around, around the world. I mean, every continent except Antarctica, which I assume is just people not wanting to show skin and that kind of weather. But when you have, you know, when you have this practice of, of tattooing or anything emerging like that, what, what do you make of that? That seems like a, an interesting just developmental phenomenon. Yeah, it's, it's the importance of symbolism. And one of the things that I stress and, and what I really think about in my research and in my teaching is what makes us human. And symbolism, the importance of symbolism and the importance of art and artistry is something that is clearly what makes us human, one of those things that makes us human. Mm, I like that very much. That is so interesting. See, there's so much here. We pick this topic of tattoos and we think about, you know, butterflies or, you know, barbed wire on a bicep. But indeed, there's so much to it. There's there's a lot going on there. And there's a lot of things. Well, I'm sure we're just scratching the surface. I know you do so much interesting work around around ancient peoples, Neanderthals, archaic and even recent modern humans. And so I appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge with us tonight. Dr. Kristen Krieger, anthropologist at Loyola University, Chicago. Thank you so much, Amy. I really had a great time talking with you. Come back anytime. We always ask the question on this show, what makes people act that way? So you can always give us the the background (laughs) on the ancient peoples. So thank you so much for being with us tonight. All right. We are going to take a little break and get you to news, all that good stuff, back in just a bit here on 720 WGN.